Welcome to the Lionheart Podcast. I'm Jenny Madison and I'm speaking with Inna Segal. Inna is the author of The Secret Life of Wellness and The Secret Language of Your Body. Today we are going to speak about body wisdom, intuition, and we're going to delve a little into the subtle bodies and energetic realms as well. The signature of Inner's work and message and vision for others is to teach people how to tune into their own inner landscape, innate wisdom, body and soul wisdom. There's a lot of wisdom there and there's a lot of wisdom in this podcast and in the work that Inner does. I guess what I'm truly saying and perhaps also what Inner is saying is that inside all of us is an absolute wellspring of wisdom. I first came across Inner's work when I had some problems with my teeth and gums and my husband had sent me a link to her book, The Secret Language of Your Body, and I barely had to look at it before I just felt that I wanted to purchase and I did. Inna has expanded since then with extra books, oracle cards, an online course and also ongoing webinars and masterclasses. Welcome and thank you for joining us here today. Your work really centers around intuition and innate body intelligence and in our modern, I guess, more Western culture, there's a lot of emphasis on logic and reason so how did this all come about for you was it something from a young age or yeah how did you discover this message and work that you do so beautifully well for me it was really I always had a sense of intuition I haven't always listened to it then and even sometimes now you know if I'm honest it was an experience of really healing myself that awakened the depth of it because I was feeling pretty sick and I was going to see a lot of different health practitioners. I got to a point where my back was seizing up and I couldn't walk and I went to see a chiropractor and he, that I had been seeing for a long time and he just came out of his office and he kind of went, your body suck. And I said, I know that part what are you going to do to help me? And he said, nothing. And I said, well, what do you mean nothing? He just said, your body wants to be stuck, go home. And I was very confused and perplexed and angry when he said that. But something in my mind went, my body has a language. It's speaking to you. It's saying that it wants to be stuck. I want to learn the language of this body. I want to know what it is. And so I basically went home and I didn't know what I was doing. I started acting before and in acting, you get to learn about breath and connection and meditation. And so I didn't really know what I was doing, but I went, you know what? I'm just going to go with the pain as opposed to against the pain. I'm going to breathe with it. I'm going to feel it and see what happens. And as I was doing that and I was counting backwards, I basically said, well, if there is something divine out there, then I want to feel it now. And I felt this warmth. And I'm very skeptical naturally as a person. So I was like, hmm, okay, something's happening. And then I felt like I had my eyes closed, but I could see this golden light. And I was like, okay. And then I I don't know where it came from. I want to see my back. And it was like a light switch just went on and, I felt like I had x-ray vision for that minute you know, and I could see exactly what my back looked like, the inflammation, twistedness, what was happening. And that shocked me, I have to say. But then I started asking questions. You know, I'm so young, like how do I get to this place? And I actually was shown that 
between moving from Russia to Australia and the, all the bullying that I got and abuse to just the conflict in my own family to the fact that my grandparents had gone through the war and had not really dealt with or even felt through any or even acknowledge what really happened to them. And my grandmother saw her mother being killed in front of her, you know, and she essentially was the only one who survived from her siblings. And she was the oldest one out of, I think it was seven. And my grandfather was in a work camp for 10 years from 14 to 24 and just had the most atrocious, horrifying childhood. And I felt like because they hadn't worked through that, it was like I had all of those anxieties and fear and stresses. And then, you know, I was one of those people who was like a sponge. I would just take on everything from other people. And as I understood and acknowledged and felt those things, there was a process of letting go. There was a process of release. And in the release, there was healing. And so the next day I wake up, you know, I cried through a lot of this. The next day I wake up, I felt lighter and better. I was very skeptical because I had been suffering and struggling for a while. I also had psoriasis all over my skin and I had digestive issues, lots of anxiety. And so the next three weeks, I actually didn't really move out of bed too much. And so... I kind of just did whatever creatively I thought. And after that, I've just never had back pain since then. And from there, I realized just by an accident, in a sense, that I could also, the same, this aspect that woke up inside of me, I was able to then do it with other people, that I could see things inside of them and life and what you know, they could do to heal. What is healing actually? Like when you speak of healing, so you went from having pain in your back and there were so many gold nuggets in your story, but a few things I picked up. One was that you're from Russia originally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other thing was the non-resistance to the pain and then asking your body yeah. for the message. These are nuggets that clearly you would teach people this. So when you speak of healing, can you just tell me what do you mean by that? Does it mean from going from, I'm sure it's much deeper than just the process of going from having pain to not having pain. Tell me some more about healing in your experience and in your teachings. So for me, I guess the experience of healing is really around understanding what is your soul trying to teach you in terms of the learning that you came here to do. And so of course, you know, pain relief. And I actually say this, I was on a webinar last night and I said to people, you know, just because you don't have pain doesn't mean you've actually healed. Mm. Pain is a sensation inside an astral body. Essentially, it's a sensation that comes from the soul that the physical body, you know, through the nervous system that the physical body is experiencing. But true healing means that I'm going on a journey from potentially being in a place of being a victim in a place of being, I'm the victim of this situation, I'm the victim of this pain. And somehow I move from the victim to a place of inner strength and wholeness, responsibility, understanding, clarity, and a new point of view. So now I'm seeing my whole life experience from a completely new point of view, from a completely new perspective and 
what I'm, I guess, connecting to and, and experiencing is something so different. It's like you're experiencing your life through the eyes of your soul as opposed to the eyes of perhaps old wounds or conditioning. You spoke even of family pain or ancestral pain even. I'm sure it can go back. <laughs> Stories, it can go back. Yeah, who knows how far until one day something like that happens where you realize, huh? you become like a realized. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that healing is a very complex thing because you're really getting to know you through it. You know, you're actually going through a process where you're essentially you're saying, I don't know this part of me and I don't know what it's related to or who or how. And now I have an opportunity to truly meet this aspect of myself or it could be an aspect that I've totally disowned. I've totally kind of, in a sense, I put that aspect to the side and I've never looked at it. And now the reason I'm looking at it at times, it's, well, usually it's because of pain and that pain's not always physical. That pain could be mental, emotional, Mm. relationship, intimacy type pain could be financial pain, you know, where you've lost. So when we're essentially looking at a real exploration of this stuff, we're going, okay, so where is this pain in my life? And is it painful enough for me to spend the time on it? Because you actually have to spend time on it. It's not, you cannot have healing that is lasting and, and true healing. You said, I don't mean pain relief by that. And I don't actually mean even a miracle healing by it, but that someone takes something away and then you continue to live in the way that you've lived. What I'm actually talking about is when I'm saying that word healing is that I've come to a place of respect, wholeness, acceptance, expansion. I've come to a place of love mm -hmm. where I can love and truly see that part of myself and where we're constantly going through a time where we're pushing different parts of ourselves away and we're not essentially taught or encouraged to actually truly embrace different aspects of ourselves. And so the more I reject an aspect of me, the more sick that part becomes, so to speak. And at some point, we need to actually recover it and reconnect to it and grow. So to me, healing is growth, essentially. You know, it's your mental, emotional, spiritual, and in a sense, physical growth, because how I enter into healing journey is unique. So for some people, they will enter it through food and through detoxing. You know, and so I, I do a lot of work together with Tyler Tolman, you know, where he'll work on teaching people to cleanse their body to fast, to detox, to eat a nourishing, healthy diet. And then the next step is we're looking at how are you thinking? And then where, and what's your point of view? And what are your thought patterns? And where do they come from? And are they coming from your family? Or are they coming from you or your tribe or who? You know, where is this coming from? And how does it affect you? You know, and it was really interesting. I did a webinar the other day and how many women and, and men, you know, were saying really hateful things about themselves. 
And so if you have these hateful thoughts and feelings, you are not going to be healthy. And so even if you detox and even if you fast, but if I detox and fast, then I can become more aware of my feelings and I can cleanse my body of toxic stuff so that I can start to actually explore and understand what's going on. So, you know, we start to really go on this journey and then we have the thinking center in the head. We have the feeling center in the heart. And the feeling center is a lot more difficult to work with because essentially no one has really been encouraged to feel their feelings. So we don't really know how to do that without being very uncomfortable and wanting to numb those feelings and wanting to cut off those feelings and wanting to disassociate from those feelings and go, ooh, I don't like this. What can I do to feel something different, right? And then in order to do deep work with the feelings, you don't want to get lost in them as well because in your mind, in your thinking, you have much more capacity for clarity, so to speak. I can hold my thoughts more than I can hold my feelings once I'm in the experience and exploration of feeling work. And then we have the will and that's the sacral and that's the part of action, How do I take action in my life? Essentially, you know, all of those aspects need to be involved. And then we have to understand that we have subtle bodies, that we're not just a physical body, we're a soul. And then we also have a spirit nature. And those things are all different. And as we start to know ourselves and embrace things, we become more whole, more evolved human beings, potentially, you know, again. Or more evolved beings. <laughs> you speak of the subtle body or subtle bodies within the self, I guess, the multidimensional aspects of ourselves. So we have our physical body that experiences the physical pain. Is that like the last, <laughs> the last sign, if intuition? Where do the subtle bodies fit in amongst the physical experience, the mental, emotional, spiritual? Just to give a bit of, because it sounds, it sounds to me everything you're saying is really expansive and really expanding awareness and self-awareness and becoming attuned to intuition is speaking intuition let's define that as well like to me inspiration intuition it's almost like when i'm inspired there's something it's a spirit right that it's like my spirit is connecting to me and giving me insight my higher self so to speak is giving me this insights into where am I going to go and what is my path and so essentially my constant refinement I should say of definition of intuition I look at it as it's being in tune it's like a violin if the violin's out of tune it's playing a really it's pretty ugly it's not nice sounds but if the violin's in tune it's gives you the most Mm -hmm. wonderful beautiful signs Mm. and it's the same with your soul I truly believe that we have multiple earth lives. I believe that the soul comes here with an agenda, with a life purpose, a soul's purpose. And that purpose essentially is intuition, right? So the more I'm in tune with it, the more I live my life of soul purpose, the more I'm out of tune with it, the more I get depressed, anxious, leaving something else because even if I knew that there were, everybody has to experience challenges in this life. There's no one who gets away with that, really, you know. And if you do from this life, you're probably going to get some after. The thing is that 
even in the challenges, my soul still somehow created that, right? And so I should say created, needed to experience. My soul before I came here with my spirit nature went, I need to understand certain things. I need to transform certain things. I need to grow. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense of why we're here. If we're here to evolve and grow and transform, then at some point we have to wake up to that. If I don't believe that and I numb that and I push it away and I resist it, and I fear it, then essentially when I'm living my life, I'm in numbness, I'm in disconnect, I'm in disassociation. So I cannot be intuitive. And we also all still go through times in our lives when we are like that because we have trauma because we've had a difficult life experience, a difficult time. So we start disassociating. And so we're no longer able to really truly hear the messages of that voice inside. And then I also believe that we have a guardian angel that also is trying to give us messages to go. And this is one of the practices that I like to do is when I don't know, I don't know how to deal with a situation. I don't know what to do. So I will ask for help. And I'll also usually if I don't get the insight during that particular day or that time, I'll actually ask at night. And sometimes it's through several nights and it'll be like in one day in the morning, I'll just wake up and I'll know because I've opened myself up. So there's so many different ways to be in tune. And then there's the gut feeling that says this is not right or this is not honest. And so, and often the other really big issues of why we don't, become very in tune or intuitive is because we're actually being dishonest with our own selves. We're staying in situations and experiences which essentially the soul or the higher nature is trying to get us out of. And we go, no, I want to stay in what I know and I do not want to go into something new. And so I don't want to hear, I don't want to know, I don't want to feel. And when that happens, when I don't want to know if that particular career path that I've been dreaming for the last 20 years is not for me, but I've put 20 years into it and now my intuition says no, or that relationship, whatever it is, it's like, oh, I don't want to hear it because that requires massive change. And so the minute that you're in a self, that fearful victim-like self who wants to childlike self says, I don't want to hear it. Your intuition is present because now you're out of tune. You know, you're wanting something that is based on safety, on what feels comfortable, comfort not on zone. what, comfort what zone. your soul from here to do, you know? And so in tune is a constant like, oh, how do I tune up and sometimes especially in the feminine experience we have a tendency to lose ourselves easily so we kind of give so much to our children so much to our partner so much to for working or to our friends that we actually don't feel good spending time or we don't give that time to tune in and there's a intuition also requires refinement mm. that you're constantly in that space of sen being sensitive and then you know mm -hmm. and then the question is do you have the courage to do what it takes and often the answer is no so <laughs> no, sadly <laughs> it's one of those 
really challenging things of why do people not heal is because they're often not necessarily prepared to do the work and to be as honest as is possible and to make the changes that are required. They might change the food and they might change their even their thinking, but when it comes to feeling and then the action, it's very different. I have a few questions come from there, but one, you mentioned disassociation earlier on. And my question on that is, would you say that this disassociation is, or perhaps that could also be termed a disconnect from the true self, perhaps, would you say that that is perhaps the, almost the grass root of all illness or disease? I mean, we can't always say all for everything, but quite often could it be that disassociation be the actual cause for the body's ailments? And then before you start the answer, that one, two more questions just on intuition. And I do feel it will follow through is how do you receive intuition? How is intuition perceived in your experience and in how you teach others to tune in and become attuned to their own intuition or innate intelligence? Disassociation essentially means that I don't want to connect to something inside of me that feels uncomfortable, right? So it's like, there's been a trauma, there's been a difficult experience, I don't want to hear the answer, I feel vulnerable, I'm scared to be rejected. And so in the moments that that happens, I lose myself, disassociate. So when I say lose myself, my centeredness, Mm. my sense of what I feel is my sense of self, right? And so when I disassociate, I actually don't know what's happening. Mm. I actually don't really know what's happening inside of me. It's more like, so when you say yes, there, and there's a sense of like a coldness that occurs. So it's almost like that part of myself or that part of my body is now shrouded in a cold mist so to speak if I had to use a metaphor Mm. and it's almost like for me to have access to it I have to have the courage to reconnect. You mentioned in your story the warmth that you felt when you had that first experience and so it's like you overcame your own disconnect, your own disassociation, which you also describe as this cold. It's actually quite, maybe not so subtle. <laughs> there's a cold and there's quite a diversity. Yeah, it can be not very subtle, mm. I'm sure, you know. So it can be quite a shocking experience at times yeah. or it well, can be a very, wow, you know, I've just awakening, yeah, I've just come back to myself. The more disassociated you are, the more you actually don't know what's happening. So mm. then, which means you don't have choice. Mm. You know, so that's how I would say it. If I knew that I would have more choice. When it comes to intuition, like there's so many explorations of it. And it depends on what we're defining as intuition, right? You know, so if we're talking about body intuition, then I teach people how to touch their that part of their body, breathe into it, feel into it, and ask questions to start to create a connection. Everything about healing is to do with connection, right? And so it's like as they start to have a connection, they start to understand their story and they start to understand the language of the soul, so to speak, then they can start to heal and often spontaneous. So you've spontaneous healings like this? You've actually seen spontaneous healings? 
hundreds of times and I hear about them every day almost from people sending me messages. Yesterday, a lady sent me a message saying she's doing some coaching, like a group coaching session with me at the moment. And she said that as she was exploring, we were talking about a symbology at one point in the sessions and she got a particular symbol and I said to her, you need to take time to understand what that symbol is. It's not going to be revealed to you now. And then it can take weeks, months, you don't know. So if you, she said a few days ago, she was connecting to her body and actually the problem is in her womb, but she was, the pain that's showing up is in her back, the middle of her back, kind of lower back, mid back. And she was saying that she connected because I was saying you have to where the pain is is not the problem usually. So she connected the piece of where the pain was towards the piece where she wants to get pregnant but she can't Mm -hmm. and that it was all connected to the relationship with her father that she had and how there was so much trauma and unresolved pain and so on and she said the minute that she truly felt and understood the pain in her back disappeared and she was able to understand why more about why she's not getting pregnant and start to do things towards it and transform that before she did and so essentially you know like we start to get to know more and more and more of ourselves when we're doing that so there's a particular type of intuition related to that so that's a body intuition right it's also a symbol isn't it the symbol that you described that she had received i'm sorry to interrupt but i don't want to forget that you mentioned that she had received a symbol that would be intuition speaking that's actually the language of the soul so the soul communicates to you through sensations Mm -hmm. thoughts color Mm. feelings and archetype and metaphor and so i don't know if i actually answered also your question about the energy bodies that we have subtle bodies we touched on it but we can go into that some more but maybe that's now (laughs) yeah and so depending on how your subtle bodies are how they're working like so so let's say if my chakras which is We have two systems of the chakras, one in the astral body and one in the etheric body. So the astral body is connected to your soul and it's all about desires, feelings, I want, I like, I don't like, that type of experience. All our, I guess, yeah, it's like what I want and don't want and what I believe and what I don't believe. And the astral body is very connected to the nervous system and very connected to the digestive system and as well as your feelings. Then you have the etheric body, which is your life body. And there's also an aspect, like in the subtleties of it, there's a connection to the mental body. And it's also all to do with your ancestry and things like that. And then we have the ego or the sense of self. And then the subtleties around it. Now, with intuition depends again on how far I want to develop it and what I'm interested in. So If I want to develop my intuition where I'm connecting to the spiritual world and getting clear, distinct answers from the higher beings of the spiritual world, angels, archangels, archives, Zuzia, and so on, then it's not body intuition. That is intuition that has to be awakened in the heart chakra, And it needs to be refined and refined and refined. And there's a whole set of practices that needs to be, that need to be done with that. 
And so that's a very particular intuition, you know, that awakens your third eye and it takes a lot of time, you know, to discern and really refine. So that's very different. And often in that particular intuition aspect, you are, like I said, it's very refined. You can potentially have a lot of clarity in terms of predicting things, you know, and because you're seeing stuff in the astral world in in a particular manner. So somebody like um, Nostradamus, who had all those, those predictions, was able to go into the astral world and actually see events backwards in the astral world because that's how it works and then bring them back and say, okay, these are the things that are going to happen. And, you know, there's an intuitive knowing when it comes to what to do next in your life and intuitive knowing what comes with relationships, you know, and I also feel that the more your heart is open, the more truly intuitive you become because, Mm. and, and the more honest you are with yourself, then you just start to, it's all to do with subtlety. You know, I start to discern energy and recognize and the more open I am in reality, like even to tune into other people, that's not the same as clairvoyance, right? Mm. So to be clairvoyant in the highest sense of the world is what I've just described before. It's a deep, deep work mm. to be intuitive in terms of tuning into myself, my own body, my own We have to have time. We have to have some self-care and self-love. We have to take the time to really sensitize ourselves. We're so desensitized through TV, through the media, through all the things that happen. It's like we truly have to take the time to actually go, you know what? For me to know myself, for me to know my purpose, for me to know why I'm here, I have to actually slow down feel into myself, get back into my body, ask questions. Mm. Because so often we're not even inside ourselves, we're out somewhere in somebody else's field. Can you share a process of strengthening intuition or honing intuition, just something perhaps simple, something that you have maybe do yourself or that you find has helped a lot of people? Well, my thing is always we have to start with tuning into our own selves. So ideally, the process is that you actually stand up and just shake and move your body first. And I mean, I go through the detail of it and I also have online courses where I talk about how to do that. Mm. But essentially, I'll stand up and let's just shake your body, shake your body, bring some vitality to it. And then you might stand or sit depends which part of the body you're working with but essentially it has to start with the heart because really if you don't start with the heart you can't bring warmth to any part of the body the warmth comes from the heart love and so yeah you place your hands on your heart and you start by closing your eyes and just going what is the sensation that i feel how open am i how closed am i in my closure What am I hiding? What is it that I don't want to feel and experience? And how does me hiding that actually impact my body? And so you start to unravel your body as you're asking those questions and your inner being starts to give you insight into, oh, this is what it's about. Okay, so as I understand what's the next 
and I start to feel through that, what's the next step? Can I take a step forward and be embrace an aspect of myself? And so intuition, it's not a clear card thing of like, okay, we're going to do one process and that's what opens it up because it's not. The process that opens it up is me constantly connecting breathing always breathing into that part of the body feeling and asking questions and it could be the simplest questions like what's the thought here what's the pattern what's the feeling what's the color or it could be what has made me shut down my heart Mm. and if there are layers of that shut down what do they look like what do they feel like and can I let them go Mm. you know and then I go through all the processes of how to do that you continue as a simple process for me what I would take from that is just to drop in and to listen to the voice of my heart (laughs) and then what you're saying is a myriad of (laughs) information might come but just yeah. that stop, listen, breathing is helpful too, I'm sure. But just, yeah, you really brought my attention to my heart and my attention to what is my heart actually saying right now and listen and feel. You yeah. really emphasize that listening is in the feeling as much. Yeah. I guess we're jumping out of our heads now. So that does bring me to ask you, what about dreams? Do you see dreams as intuitive guidance as well in any ways at all? Can be, can be. And again, there's dreams that can be very prophetic hmm. or there's dreams that I feel like you go through the day and you're essentially having one sensation after another, one experience after another. And the dreams are often kind of like the language of the soul in some way as well, where you're processing in your sleep and sleep is a huge, huge subject, Mm. but what's happened through the day. And so in your dream, I feel very often something is showing up that is based on your inner being trying to give you a message to go, hey, there's something for you to look at here in terms of what you've been processing through the last days or hours or whatever, you know. And so you start to actually look at it and go, hmm, what is it that I need to learn from this particular symbolic image that that is showing up through the dream? What is it trying to tell me, especially if the dream's repetitive? Mm. You know, again, I feel the same wisdom is coming from this. So there's a dream, there's symbolism. So again, drop in to the heart and feel what the message is. Really, you keep reminding me. Ask questions. Not victim type questions, not why is this happening to me, but more type questions of how is this helping me to move forward in my growth? What's the wisdom shared and the gift, really, even in a challenging experience, which brings me to the current times, our global awakening, our global crises. And I know you are really much, very much involved in sharing at the moment and very active in communicating to a lot of people together with Tyler Tolman and others. I want to ask you just if you could share a little here today for those that are listening about what you're sharing, how you're guiding and assisting people, perhaps even some of your own intuitive messages about the big events of the world at the moment, (laughs) the COVID and the rest that comes with it. I feel like 
when it comes to big events like this where the whole world has been impacted and of course you know i've heard and seen a hundred different theories on it and i'm not going to go into those theories because we're all you have to make up your own mind for whatever that is my interest is not an outer interest in terms of teaching people but an inner interest so it's to me it's like when a situation comes up the first question is what is this situation asking of me? And I feel that the situation that we've been in has asked of us to go within mm. and start to, on the thinking, is thrown at me or do I have to discern in the outer world, in the inner world, it's saying, hey, you've been given a time and an opportunity where you can't run around and do the same things that you've been used to doing, potentially, not for everybody, but potentially. And so you're actually being asked to keep looking within. And in looking within, I start to ask myself questions. Well, it's how I'm living my life authentic or not authentic. And those are the questions that I've had to ask myself. Is what is happening in my relationships, is that coming from healthy place or an unhealthy place and if it's coming from a healthy place how do i amplify that and how do i re-nourish and keep investing in it? and if it's coming from an unhealthy place how do i start to change that with my children or with my partner or different questions like is this is where i'm leaving what i'm doing who i'm working with or who i'm having a friendship with who i'm in a relationship with is that all coming from an authentic place? Am I being really truly honest with myself and how I live my life? Am I expressing all of me in a healthy way or are there parts of me that have been suppressed, pushed down, limited? And can I allow myself to have the time to explore those without guilt or fear, but with courage, even if it doesn't work, can I try new ventures and new things that I've been talking about for a long time and I wasn't doing? And so like, I know, for instance, I was really, really uncomfortable with doing a little bit or a little bit with just putting stuff on Facebook. I just didn't want to really teach online. And I had this big thing around it. <laughs> just before the whole thing started, I went to Bali. I think you contacted me at that time. And I'm not going to do it while I'm in Australia because I have too much resistance, but I'm going to go and I need help. And so oh. I talked to my friend there and she was like, look, I'll set it up for you. All you have to do is just write the workshops up and come and do it. You can stay in my house. I'll have the filming crew come to the house. You don't have to do anything. I'll have my stuff, make you juices, just have to film it. And it was just like, be you. okay. <laughs> Just be you. Yeah I, I, yeah, I can do that. I was like, I can do that without all the distractions. And so I went there and it was like, okay, so from here now I can share this with people in a very, very different way than I was sharing before because I could never share with people who couldn't get to the workshops. Well, they could read my books, but they couldn't have that deeper wisdom that I've discovered. And so since then, it's been this real exploration of what is it like to teach people in an online environment. And so I feel like we're all kind of being asked to stop and go, how authentic am I really right now in every part of my life? And do I have the courage to change even though it's really hard? And there's been other private things in my own life, people and situations where I have had to let go 
of certain people. And then I've also opened the door to many others. It's been this constant play of, well, is this healthy? I keep asking myself this question because with certain people, I want to hold on to them because I love them. And it's like, is this healthy right now in what's happening? As I hear the answer, no, I have to hold my strength and go, no, I cannot fully unravel and be all of me and allow all of my own creativity to come out in these relationships at this point. It may change later. And so it's boundaries. I've done webinars on that. It's healthy boundaries. And it's one of the hardest things to do is to keep placing these boundaries that are going to keep you healthy and knowing in that time you've got to make choices, you've got to make changes, you've got to let go. And then you've got to, it's only as you let go, you can open to something new. Mm, mm, create space. Also, what uh, I'm hearing is that loving sense of detachment, <laughs> non-attachment, <laughs> especially when it comes to relationships. And as you say, it's not always easy. This brings me, and you covered it, I feel you may have covered a bit of this already, but I really want to ask you, what does having a lion heart mean? To, we've spoken about heart <laughs> a lot. Love to hear. It's, it's love quite to funny hear. because my daughter, we always talk about lion heart because she actually, she's born, you know, as a Leo, like on the last Leo, and I really wanted her to be a Leo. And so she always says she's got a lion heart and we talk about this lion heart. And recently we were talking about this just the other day and it's courage. I think to me, a lion heart is strength. It's courage. It's a sense of going, you know what, even though I am scared and so is everybody to whether it is in an intimate relationship and you go, you know what, I'm going to give it my all. To me, that's lion heart. Mm. In a working relationship when I'm sharing what I, I want to share, I'm going to give it my all because I have courage to stand up and speak for what I believe in. And whether somebody loves me, doesn't love me, judges me or doesn't judge me, there is a courage of that energy. I have to, I can't not stand up for what is right, for what is good, for what is holy, for what is healthy for what is wholeness. So to me, really the lion heart is the depth, how much of your own inner courage are you capable and willing to develop? And my daughter and I really, it's quite beautiful because we hold each other accountable in a way. And she'll be like, mom, you showed me this aspect of honesty. She's like, I'm not going to pretend that I want to spend time with someone if mm. I actually don't. I'm not going to then say stuff behind their back about them because I'm actually just going to be honest. I'm going to live my life with honesty. I'm not going to sugarcoat, pretend everything. It's like I'm going to be willing to keep taking steps forward and showing more of whom I am and vulnerability in, in everything because that's humanity. It's also, to me, a lion heart is also about being courageous to show all of you without hiding and having to adjust to whoever's in front of you. So totally, yes. And that's where I really believe that that's also where we are as humanity. We have to make a choice. Do I hide or mm. do I show up with all of me? This mm. is me. This is who I am. I love me as opposed to I need you to love me, to be okay mm. with me because I actually think that I'm not good enough. 
That was gold. I love me as opposed to I need you to love me. That is powerful. And that's also my own learning in, yeah. in intimate relationships. My learning too. Thank you. Thank you so much. How old is your daughter? She is six, almost 17. Oh, gosh. Wow. Quite grown up. What do you think she would say if I asked her what does Lionheart mean to you? Would it be similar because you've discussed this or do you have a slight different version slightly perhaps anything at all that your daughter might say I would say it's also for her in particular because that's what she's exploring Mm. it's flexibility how do I be flexible and how do I Mm. show my warmth and creativity while still holding my my own strength so we actually yesterday we have this she's an amazing dancer and Mm. and I said to her after watching her dance I said to her Angelina you know I, and we were talking about career path and things like that. And I said to her, you must use your creativity in your life and you must give yourself permission to do it now with courage in knowing and keeping your inner strength that this is something that needs to happen. You must be courageous to express yourself because you have it inside of you. And I said to her, I'm saying this to you because I really feel it. And this is what's healthy. That's what I'm encouraging you. And she actually said at one point, she's like, mom, are you saying the truth? And then she said, you're incapable of saying this if you don't believe it. And, wow. <laughs> you know, and so it's that, yeah, I guess for her, it's that, and also I would say that she would say courage to think for herself in her heart and feel for people going, I want you to side with me and I want you to side with me. Mm. And she would go, you know what? I have my own opinion. Yes. I have my own belief systems. Yes. And intuition, I'm sure, (laughs) that she is listening to. Well, I want to say thank you to Angelina. Please pass that on. (laughs) (laughs) Such a beautiful name too, Angelina. And so beautiful to hear that you share like that with your daughter. It's very inspiring. It's been a lovely conversation. I have got the links to your online course. I will be popping them down in the podcast pages and your books. And you've got some oracle cards as well. And... So all of that will be available in the podcast notes. And, uh, you know, I mean, it just sounds amazing. I can only begin to imagine what you must be teaching online through the course because I love online courses myself because people get to just, there's a time, especially with this kind of work, to receive the wisdom, receive the messages and then contemplate and take them in the comfort of our own home, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for creating that and for having that, sharing that tad of vulnerability there in jumping into your presenting for your online different sounded like definitely yeah and just uh, you know being in front of the camera being such a different experience to just being live and I love both like I really think it's just an opportunity to keep expanding and sharing new possibilities the global reach Mm. the beauty of globalization I guess and you know that surprised me to be honest because I know you've been speaking in big groups, large audience for so long. So to hear you say that you were unsure about being in front of a camera, it was like, oh, you see, we all have something to teach. And it wasn't that I wasn't comfortable with it. It was more, how do I present it in a way without being there in a way that was safe, Mm. you Mm. know, for the people who are at home and that because we're talking about emotions, we're talking about Mm. an exploration. So, and also recording it 
for eight hours a day, you know, in front of the camera as opposed to an audience. So I'm speaking to something that's kind of not real as opposed to human beings who are gathered there and I'm kind of feeling into them and what they're doing. So, but yeah, but it was a really beautiful, fun experience and I did prepare for it and it was just a different way of doing it, but a great way of giving people access to this information, which you can't get from a book you can only get from that type of interaction and understanding and exploration. Okay. Yes. No, that does make sense. It's yeah, no, I get, I get it now. <laughs> speaking to a camera as opposed to speaking to human beings Yeah, <laughs> that are sort of, there's that engagement and that energy that's back and forth, that beautiful exchange, yeah. that realness, uh, which is very much what your message is, is really all about. And your daughter <laughs> as well. <laughs> so thank you, Ina, so much. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for spending your precious time listening to this podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed. You can find some helpful links related to the topics we have discussed, download some freebies and join our Lionheart community by visiting our website, lionheartworkshops.com. To view this specific podcast blog, click on podcast at the main menu. Please also share this with friends, hit subscribe and leave us a review so that these ideas can continue to spread. Those pretty little stars help others to find us. The Lionheart Podcast and Lionheart Online Workshops is an online platform and community designed to enhance your health, natural and spiritual well-being. Until next time, please think about how you will embody your lion heart and reach your highest potential as the amazing human being that you are.